Are you a mum looking for some parenting inspiration, tips and advice, stories on the ups and downs we face in our lives as parents, some humour and a little bit of fun? Then you may have just found what you're looking for. Hi and welcome to the Parenting in the Thick of It show. I'm your host Louise Clark, a certified parent coach known to many as your parenting partner. As a mum to three teenagers, you can bet I've probably been there, done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 487, 12 things you can do to help your child thrive. On the show today, I want to talk about 12 things that you can do to help your child show up the best version of themselves. Whatever age and stage your child's at, whether or not you are listening in with a toddler, with a middle schooler or a high schooler, these are all things you can do because they're all concerned with patterns and routines and structure that you can take charge of that will influence your child. As you know, the work I do is all focused on how we can change as parents. And in us changing, we bring about change in our children. It might be in their behavior, it might be in their routine, it might be in the environment. But if we can change ourselves and how we show up, we will change how they show up. It has to happen. It can't not happen. So in order to have our children really thrive, the first thing I'm going to say is you need to thrive. You will not have children who thrive if you are not thriving. And I say the word thrive, it's a very general term here. But if you're not giving yourself what you need in order to be the best version of yourself, You can't hope to raise a child to become the best versions of themselves. We have to role model this. We have to have enough in our tanks. We have to have the bandwidth to deal with it. And today, finding bandwidth, expanding our bandwidth and maintaining our bandwidth so that it's sustainable and we are able to cope with whatever it is our children say or do and act We have to be able to take control of ourselves. And if we can't do this, then we end up reacting. And when we react to their reaction, whatever that might be, to their behavior, to what they say, to the sassiness, to the control, to them being defiant, strong-willed, whatever. If we can't control ourselves in the face of that, then really, I do believe, we're up a creek without a paddle. In order to control ourselves, we have to have met our own needs. Dare I mention the words self-care? I did say it, self-care. We all hate those words. We know what we need to do, but we put ourselves on the list, but we bump ourselves to the bottom of the list and often off the list. We have to ask ourselves, how do we feel when we do this? We don't feel good. And then we don't have the bandwidth. And then when we need bandwidth, we don't have it. And then we're at our wit's end, frustrated, overwhelmed and out of control. So the first thing I need to make sure I do is give myself what I need so I meet my needs. The other 11 things, in no order, is we have to quit 
taking it personally. Whatever they do, don't take it personally. Just see it as behavior. Separate them from the behavior. You love them unconditionally. Doesn't matter what they say or do, you love them. You don't love what they say. You don't love what they do. You don't love their attitude, but you love them. So we have to find ways to not take it personally. And the ways in which we do that are all very much individual to us. How I deal with it might be how you might not work for you. As I mentioned earlier, we have to be able to control our reactivity. We have to know and be so aware of ourselves. We have to watch ourselves like freaking hawks so that we are scanning ourselves for this brewing reactivity so that when we start getting to break point, we can stop before we break, stop before we explode, stop before we take the wrong path, go downhill and let it all spiral out of control. We have to, I believe, get our kids off their phones, which is why I've just dedicated 11 episodes in the last 20 to this very cause. I think it's incredibly important for so many reasons. The next thing that we have to get our kids to do is chores. But many kids are not doing chores because they're not putting their phones down. And as parents, we want our kids to build resilience and grit. That's another thing we need to do to help our children thrive. We need to build resilience and grit in them so that they can cope with the real world. They need to be able to delay gratification, cope with being frustrated, cope with failing, cope with someone saying, no, you have to give me your phone. No, you have to do your homework. You can't be on your phone. No, you can't sleep with your phone. So we have to get them off their phones, but we also have to have them contributing towards the family, the running of the home and towards the family. We do this in the form of chores. We all have to do something and kids have to do chores. This is where they learn all the life skills that you want them to develop. They're not going to develop those life skills in the virtual world. They're not going to learn how to make a sandwich. They might watch a video to how to make a sandwich, but that's very different from actually getting it out, the bread out and deciding what they'll put on it, getting it out the fridge and making it in a way that they like it. They need to learn how to tidy a room, make a bed, you know, um, mow the lawn, wash a car, empty the garbage, do the recycling, do their own laundry. All these things help them build life skills. So, Another point, another thing that we have to do is we have to allow them and make them spend time in the real world, enough time in the real world, because it's the real world where they will experience life. And as they experience life, they develop the life skills they need to be able to cope with life, be in this world, in the real world. We also have to build healthy sleep routines and patterns and structure so that our kids get the sleep they need. Children today are sleep deprived, chronically sleep deprived. I read somewhere that a 10-year-old today is getting two hours less sleep per night than a 10-year-old born 10 years ago. So in other words, 10 years ago, kids were getting 
more than two, a, an average of two hours extra sleep per night than they are now. And this is a sleep is essential. It's critical to their developing brain, to them being able to develop the life skills, to them being able to retain information, for them being able to lay down information into their memories. You know, if they're studying for a test and they study for a couple of hours, it's during the sleep that it, that information is is laid down in the brain. So if they're not getting enough sleep, they're not actually taking the information they learn during the day and allowing it to be laid down and organized in their brains at night. Sleep is essential. We can't function without it. And there's kids somehow functioning on a daily basis with four or five hours sleep a night. And it's just not enough. If you look at any of the guidelines, children need way more sleep than they are getting on average. I'm generalizing. The other thing you need to do is to help your child connect with you. You need to really find ways to connect with your child. And I don't just mean physically. I mean it's beyond that. There's also, I'm not talking about sitting and reading with them or walking with them or it's a connection deeper than that. It's an attachment. They need to rely on us. We need to be the primary attachment in their life. Gordon Neufeld talks about this. That when the peers and phones become the prime attachment, there's a problem because it's the wrong person. Peers cannot lead our kids and help our kids develop in the way they need to. They have to be guided by you as the parent and the prime attachment needs to be there. So we need to be connected to them. So we need to find ways to connect. If you're feeling disconnected from your child, you can't do anything. You can't lead, guide, support, coach, parent them from a disconnected place. We have to be connected. So it's essential that we help our Children connect with us and us connect with them. One of the other important things I think we have to do, particularly with teenagers, is collaborate, not dictate. When we ask them for their input, for their opinion, for how they think something should be done, rather than us just give it to them. In other words, it's our agenda. You do it this way. There's no questioning. But ask them, what do you think? How do you think we can come to a, a collective uh, agreement on something? So we need to collaborate, not dictate. Two other really, really important things that we have to do with our kids. And this, of course, both of these are age and stage appropriate, particularly this one. We have to let our children try things. And we have to let them fly. And we have to let them fail and fall down. And give them the opportunity to stand up, try again, fly again. So we have to give them the wings, prepare them to fly and let them fly in things that they're able to cope with. And we have to let them try sometimes. And in doing that, they might not make it. They might fail. And we have to be there for them. So we have to let them fly, but we have to clip their wings a bit as well. So they can't fly too far. They can fly as far as they're capable of, but not pushing them and letting them fly beyond where we know they're capable that they might think they can absolutely fly to. And I'm using fly as a... As a um, 
in the uh, not in the obviously in the real sense of flying. So in conjunction with that, to help our kids thrive, they have to have boundaries and limits. They have to. There is no ways they can function and thrive without a framework, structure and routine to do so. And that's done through boundaries and limits. For us to set the boundaries, boundaries that are in alignment with what you value and what you truly believe. So here's an example. If you really believe that sleep is of prime importance to your kids and they have to be asleep, say, by 10 and they, you want them, you know, you know they're going to be waking up at 7. It's not usually a problem waking kids up. Younger toddlers, yes. And then you have to set different boundaries. They might be awake at 5, but you don't want them out of their room till 7. So depending on the age and stage, the way in which you, you hold the set the boundaries and hold the limits will be slightly different. But let's imagine you've a teenager and you want them to be in bed at 10 and you want them to be, you know, so they sleep till 7, they get 9, nine hours sleep. I'm generalizing 9 hours sleep, teenagers. 13-year-olds might need 10 or 11. As 18-year-old might be okay on 7 or 8. But generally, they're going to be in that kind of 9 zone for a, a while. So if you want that and you believe in that and you value sleep, but you let your child have unlimited time on their device, have their phone in their room and their game console in their room, and you know they're going to sleep at 1, 2, 3 in the morning, it's not going to sit well with you. It's not going to allow you to thrive because you're going to be fried, overwhelmed, exhausted and at your wit's end because what you know needs to happen isn't happening. And it isn't happening because there's not the boundary and there's not the limit being held. So our kids need boundaries and limits, whether it be around sleep, whether it be around coming home on time, being, you know, doing a chore, whatever it might be, they need boundaries and limits. And it's been proven that kids who do not have structure routine through boundaries and limits do not do as well in many many arenas as kids who have boundaries and limits so we have to let them go but pull them back let them go but have limits on it and dr shafali talks about you know we need to um give them wings but the wings need to be clipped a bit and then they can fly a bit further we unclip release release but we need this, they need the structure within that. So there are 12 things off the top of my head with regard to helping our kids thrive is that you need to make sure you are doing well. We cannot afford to take any of their behavior personally, so quit taking it personally. I've done an episode on that. Q-tip it, quit taking it personally. We need to control ourselves and our reactivity. We need to get our kids off their phones through the use of boundaries and limits. We need to have them do the chores and contribute towards the running of the home. Give them a sense of purpose. Let them be of service. This builds their self-esteem. And this builds resilience and grit and perseverance, dedication, motivation, all these things. None of those are found in the virtual world. They have to spend time in the real world. In the real world, we sleep. 
in the virtual world, they don't sleep so much. So we need to connect with them, connect with them deeply, make sure we are the, their prime attachment. We need to collaborate with them and dictate less. We need to let them fly, try, fall, pick themselves up, try again. And we need to give them structure and a framework in which they can operate that is conducive to them thriving and developing the life skills and core competencies that we want them to develop. So you can absolutely do this. There's a whole load of things in here. There's 12 things. You might be like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do them all? Take one thing that resonated with you from this episode and be intentional about trying to change things from this point on to bring in that one thing to see your child show up the best version of themselves. It does start with us as the parents. So if you've enjoyed this, please hop over onto iTunes and rate and review the show. And of course, share the link, share it by word of mouth, share it in any way you can with other people who you know would benefit from hearing this and getting the support that they need. As always, if you're interested in working with me, I have group coaching programs, one-on-one programs, and many courses and things out there to help support parents. I have a Facebook page, a Facebook group called Parenting in the Thick of It, same name as this show. And if you're not in there, then why not go and join? There's close to 4,000 parents in there getting support from me and from each other. It's a great place. Go check it out. And I always want to thank you, my listeners, for showing up and being dedicated to raising your bar. And in me doing this, I'm hopefully helping you revitalize, revamp, reboot, re-everything your parenting. So thank you again for listening. Till next time. Bye for now. That's it for today's episode on the Parenting in the Thick of It show. If you enjoyed the show, please do share it with your friends and family. And remember, if you find yourself stuck in the thick of it and can't see a way out of it, please send me an email. I would love to help you. My email is louise at yourparentingpartner.com. And don't forget to take a look at the Parenting in the Thick of It family organizer that I created. It's an evergreen family calendar guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar. You can find the link for this and the other social media platforms that I am on below the description in this episode. Thank you so much for listening today and I look forward to being with you all soon. Bye for now.